What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Disciple Me Now podcast. Yeah, yeah, we've been hitting some pretty good series recently. Yeah, we did a a history of encounter. That was fun. Of our our ministry, fun and funny, especially for us because it's like, wow, we've tried a lot of things. Yeah, you got a little insight into us. Mm -hmm. We did a uh, series about your phone is discipling you. Loved that one for real. That was huge, and I think that we can we can learn a lot from that one. Yeah. And then the last one was the discipleship DTR. Yes. I hope that that one helped a lot of people that about, man, what does this conversation look like? What are the goals for the conversation? Mm. Um, so that it actually is beneficial for the discipleship relationship. Yeah. That's super cool. Go back and listen to those. If you're interested today, if you're on YouTube, you can see we have a nice little plant with us. If you're not on YouTube and you're just listening, it literally looks like we just cut off a piece of a Christmas tree it's true. and and wrapped it up in nice uh, cloth. So that's a little description for you. Yeah. So the reason why we have this little plant with us. Tell us. We are going to be talking about the parable of the soils or parable of the, the sower. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you got four different types of soil. Yes. And we're going to bring it into the context of discipleship today. This is one of my favorite passages, parables that Jesus teaches on, because I think that it gives us such a, um, I guess, look or vantage point into our own hearts Mm -hmm. and our disciples' hearts and really just people's hearts in general on where they're at, maybe why they're acting the way that they're acting or mm. why they're not receiving things the way that we would hope for them to receive. Because a lot of discipleship is what? Casting seed, yeah. sowing seed. We said this on maybe the DTR that you're like, man, I never, I'm, I'm usually not going to just tell someone what to do mm. when I'm discipling them. Yeah. And I, for the most part, I agree with that. But what we are doing is, man, we're sowing seed. We're giving suggestions. We're praying prayers. We're mm. speaking life. All we're, we're, we're giving them devotions or maybe reading our Bible with them or just living our life in front of them, yeah. which is sowing seed. And I think that dependent on where their heart is, man, that could really dictate um, how well they receive the seed that we are giving them and... Um, if we can figure out how to get them to a healthy place, man, that can make discipleship so much better. Yeah, I agree. Sorry. I love it. That was I'm, kind of a long discourse. No, I that's great. So we're going to go through each of these individually, each of the four mm-hmm. seeds. But in order to like bring you guys into the the mindset of of this parable, and you guys can understand what we're talking about when we hit each of these four different types of soil, then we're going to read it for you real quick. We're going to read um, the explanation. So you can find this in Matthew chapter 13. Yeah. Verses 1 through... 23. 23, okay. Yeah. And verses 1 through 9 is like the uh, the initial parable. And then Jesus explains it starting in verse 18. 18. Yeah, so we're going to read this really quick. You can get your Bibles out. Come on. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom, so the gospel, whatever that might be, and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. 
the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. There's probably a lot of disciples like that. Uh, But since they have no rue, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. I love it. Nice. It's amazing. Great. So okay. I, as I'm, you had something? Yeah, I was going to give go an ahead. analogy. You want oh, me to yeah, give, give yeah. that now? Yeah. yeah, go. Okay, so about a year ago, this is context, about a year ago, we had a bunch of football players, maybe two years ago, a bunch of football players in our youth group. And around that same time, I'm, I'm involved in Bible translation. And around that same time, I heard this story being translated by a group of people in another country. And long story short, that this group of people, these translators, had a hard time understanding like what this parable meant. They mm. spent hours one day like debating and discussing what it meant. Finally, one guy stands There's up. There's a lot of metaphor in here and everything. So yes, yeah. and they weren't farmers. Yeah. No one in their community was a, was a farmer. So it's hard to understand. One guy stands up and basically gives an analogy of a person taking care of his cattle and like gave these four different scenarios of taking care of the cattle Mm -hmm. and light bulbs went off for everybody. Okay. During that same time I was thinking, you know, how, how could I contextualize this parable for football players? Mm. So I thought of this analogy, right? Oh yeah. So football season starts. You have a ton of people that show up to the initial tryout and they all are, all all these people, all these players are given spots in the team. Okay. Okay. So, practice starts and you have like about a fourth of the players like you have some players who just don't even show up to practice like they were invited to join the team they got a jersey they got a jersey and everything at least their practice jersey but they didn't even like show up okay okay then you have another set of people that like you know they started showing up to practice but practice was hard. Mm-hmm. You got like hell week in football, bro. Yeah. And they like two a days, two a days. And they're out there working on the football field. And it's hot in Texas. Yup. And they decided, you know what? This ain't worth it. Okay. I so don't, they leave. They leave. So okay. they're done. Then you have another group of people. They start showing to practice, you know, they're putting in that hard work, <laughs> but then the games come and you know, right around the same time, School dances start coming up. Ooh. On the same night. The same night. Or maybe the night before. Oh. And their friends want to like hang out with them late, go partying. And the priorities of their friends and their partying and their school dances yes. and all that take priority over their football games. And suddenly they're showing up late to their football games. They're mm. showing up late to practice. They're not performing well. And they end up getting cut. Boom. You have this last group of people. That showing up to practice, work. putting in the work, getting in the sleep, getting in the mm. nutrition, yeah. putting in the practice time, watching film. Getting reps. Yeah. Yep. Um, games come. They're doing well. Make it to the state championships and they win. Winners. You got these four types of people. Yes. Okay. And so you got the same way. Jesus is talking about seeds sown on path, 
on rocks, on thorns, and on good soil. And in the same way, we have people that don't show up to practice. Come on. We have people that say practice is too difficult. Mm. We have people that say that their friends and their, their partying is priority. Yeah. And then you have people that are actually putting in the work Come on. and value their team. So I love that. And yeah, you never right? even told me that. I, I never told I love, anyone. I'm I just thinking that. about it. I love it. that. Yeah. Um, I think that as I'm reading this, as you're even talking through it, man, it would be awesome. Like if we were able to help like people that are making disciples and even for us, all of that, like, what is this? Like, that was a great analogy of what hearts can look like practically. Um, but how do we as disciple makers minister and disciple to students in between, like in yeah. these heart conditions if that's what you want to soil conditions yeah. right that you want to uh if that's what you want to call them you know what does that look like and i guess we can start off with the first one and we can kind of just hit it back and forth but for disciple makers if like bro my student has a heart that's like the path and it's coming like we're trying to sow the seed we're, we're trying, trying to, to tell yeah, them about the gospel yeah or even the holy spirit's you know saying stuff but man it's just on the path and birds are coming it's being snatched it's being stolen from them and it's not taking root what do i do what does that look like how yeah. you know how do i how do i how do i minister to that yeah, it's a hard question. Yeah, for um, sure. I think for me, the the key in this one is realizing it says this person doesn't understand it. Yeah, and the evil one good. comes and snatches it away. Um, and so I think I think there's two things to it. First, this this aspect of not understanding. Yeah. I think it's important that we try to communicate the gospel in a way that's clear, in a way that like is um, relevant to their life, and is not just this abstract like thing. That's good. But it actually speaks to the situation that they're at. The second thing is the idea of the evil one coming, snatching it away. I think that if this is if you're interacting with a person that you feel like this is going on in their life, I think prayer yes. is the absolute most important thing that you can be doing for them. Yeah. Um, I agree wholeheartedly that man, we have to help them. And that's part of disciple making. We got to help them understand what this all is, what this is all about. And I think that, and this is just my take on it. I think all three um, of these heart conditions that we're going to talk about um, aren't related to stages of a disciple. Yeah. I think like a young adult person, spiritual person or a child spiritual person can experience all three of these heart conditions in a week, hmm. in a month, in a, in a day, right? Like one moment they can have, they cannot understand another moment. They're worried about riches and another moment hmm. they're they're You know, they yeah. just, uh, they don't have any root. Right. So, um, I think that for us to combat this, if our disciple is like, man, it's just, it's going over their head or man, it's like they're glossy eyed or they're just not receiving it. A lot of that, it's easy to, steal something away that's not grasped yeah and what i mean by that is it's not understood like what Mm -hmm. you were saying so we have to under or help them to understand what is the gospel what does this mean what is this truth and i loved what you said how does it apply to their life yeah and i think that helping them understand how the enemy is trying to steal 
kill and destroy them spiritually or emotionally or whatever that is so that they're not just thinking this is just happening but no the enemy does have a plan to ruin their spiritual life and their relationship with Jesus yeah and I think at, at an early stage in someone's walk with Christ they they don't really realize at first that the gospel actually intersects with their life and it's not just this like fire insurance to get out of hell yeah and as you as a disciple maker you're able to have an insight into their life in a way that you can point out the ways that God is changing them, the God, that God is moving their life. Yeah. Um, and even point out the ways that like Satan is trying to snatch this away and you can help yeah. them be aware of this to fight against it. Like just real quick example. I mean, there have been plenty of times where I've said to students like, yo, you know, like I, it never fails, man. They are, they're on fire for God and we'll probably cover this in the next one, but I just like, but then immediately there's like a relationship that pops up yeah. or something like that. And, and not that relationships are bad, but I always point them to is like, man, I mean, could this be a distraction so that what God has done in your life been, you know, is able to be stolen from you or even friends or whatever yeah. it might be. So I think getting them to understand that the gospel does impact their life today right now is super, super important. And they're going to be more, uh, um, about grasping onto it. For sure. The second one is one that we probably see a whole lot within the church. We see it a lot in our context. I know Nathan, but yeah. the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble of persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Yeah. Okay. I think th the way that you can fight against this starts really early on as you're telling them about the gospel yeah. from the first, from the first yep. moment of realizing that like, hey, let's not present the gospel like it's all flowers and rainbows and unicorns and your life yep. is going to be amazing. And watercolors and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, let's yep. be real that like, hey, having Jesus gives you like, like sustains you through those difficult times, but there actually will still be difficult times, maybe even more difficult yes. times. Yes. I, I think it's crazy. It says because of the word. Yeah. You, you receive persecution. There are so many students, really so many people, so many young adults that they receive Christ at an altar, at a camp, at a church service with great joy. And it's awesome to see that. Um, but so, oh my gosh, so often, like it only lasts a short time because there's no root. And I yeah. think that we have a job of helping them um, establish those anchors and establish those roots within their lives. And I think that some of those, not all of them, but some of those roots and anchors are connected to the body of Christ. Mm. Okay, I think actual roots and anchors could be patterns that we've talked about, right? Is being in the word of God, worshiping, praying, things like that, um, anchoring um, them to something that is not themselves, um, but involves Jesus, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, helping them get involved in, in different areas of, of ministry even. Um, and I, I, th I think the, the, the trouble and persecution, I mean, when someone starts following Jesus, you're going to have their friends, like at least in our context, their friends are going to start asking like, 
Why are you acting different? Yeah. And sometimes we present that as like, oh, your friends are going to want to follow Jesus too because you're acting different. But sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes they just want you to stop following Jesus and go yeah. back to the way that you were living. Yeah. And like, I know when I started following Jesus in high school, like seriously, I would have some of my friends like go out of their way to try to like challenge me and disprove Christianity because they wanted me to like stop doing it. You yeah. Know? No, I think that we uh, kids and uh, even adults see that a lot. Like, dude, why are you being so lame? Dude, why are you trying to skip out on us? Hey, why aren't you doing the stuff you used to do anymore? And that can be really, really hard, especially for a new believer. Yeah. So that's why we must uh, find and help them to have anchors and roots within um, within their lives. Um, because before they were only anchored to their friends, to themselves, to pretty much everything that maybe Jesus is asking them to give up, that was their anchor. Yeah. So we have to give them new roots. We have to give them new, um, new perspectives and new truths and new things to grab onto so that when those things come, they're able to, to, yeah. to, to hold fast. And I think the important thing is that you need to help them establish those anchors and establish those roots before the trouble comes. Yes. So yeah. And yes. when the trouble comes, you have to help make sure that those anchors and roots stay in place. Huge. Sorry, go ahead. Were you gonna no, say? I was gonna. I was just gonna say, like, if you if you're acting as like an yeah. anchor to them. Oh, I was gonna say that. So, as a disciple maker, at first, we need to be one of those anchors yeah. for them. Like, yo, I know life sucks right now. You lost all your friends. Like, you, I, we've had situations like that. But guess what? I'm here with you. Yeah. Hey, guess what? I've been there. Hey, I'm gonna speak life. God has a plan. God has a purpose. So, as disciple makers, I think one of the biggest things we can do right now. We can't always be their anchor because then they're not growing. But but yeah. in this, when they have, when when they're dealing with things and they're being shaken, we need to be one of those anchors. Yeah, it's okay so, if you're not th- like there long, long, long term. Right, because Jesus needs to be. Yeah, right, but and eventually they need to have other anchors. But if you are one of their anchors, and they start going through trouble, don't peace out. Yes. Like if they start, if <laughs> the person you're discipling like stops like contacting you and reaching out to you, maybe they're going through something hard and they actually need you to press in more to yeah. be their anchor. Yeah. So we need to get them anchors, but in the meantime, we need to be their anchor. Yeah. At least I until love yeah. there's other anchors in right, place. Right. For sure. We yeah. always want to point them to Jesus as the ultimate anchor and other things. I get that. But sometimes we're the first line of defense, I yeah. guess, if you want to call it like the third one is this, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone or the football players who got distracted yeah. with with partying and dances and, and TikToks and stuff like that. Um, refer to someone who hears the word, right? So they, they're, they're there. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So this seed has actually taken root. It's actually begun to grow, yet now it's being choked by something else. We've seen this a lot, I'm sure. Uh, people listening have seen it. We've seen it of, man, it seems like everything's going good. And then what I see this a lot in is then people just get super distracted by other things. Their eyes start wandering. Yes. It's like, oh, well, maybe I do need to, uh, you know, to go to a, or I need to take all these classes to make it, you know, into an Ivy league school, which Mm. I'm not against any of that. Okay. I just want to say that, or man, I need to work more hours to make more money or, um, you know, I need to be involved in this thing and I'm not against any of that, but 
for some reason, man, when people start growing in the Lord, there's always some distraction, some deceitfulness of some things. Like, oh man, this would just be good. I've kind of established now, I guess. I can do it. I can make it happen. Yeah, I mean, this is what we've been preaching about the past few weeks up in youth of this idea that like God brought the Israelites out of Egypt and they're wandering through the wilderness and they start to look back to Egypt and say, yeah. oh man, you know, like things actually were pretty good back there. <laughs> like maybe we could just go back into slavery. Yeah. And I feel like this is kind of the like those people who, re- who have like accepted Christ and Christ has freed them from all these things. So now life's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. But then like you have the, the, the spiritual pressure that's like trying to remind you of those things that you used to be in slavery to and Christ is, or not Christ, but like, um, the enemy is pointing your, your attention back to those things and be like, you know what? How great are those things? Yeah, how great, or how great would this be? Yeah. Like, I, I always say this, if the enemy can't destroy you, he'll distract you. Yeah. And he does it time and time again. I don't need to destroy you. I don't need to tear your life apart. I just need to distract you. I just need to, <laughs> while you're at while you're doing worship at church, I just need to let your mind wander a yeah. little bit. Or be on your phone yeah. or, uh, or whatever, right? Like, we don't have to go into particulars, but we see this all the time. And for us, I think our goal is, our disciple is in this place in their heart is one, we got to keep pointing them back to what got them there. Look, you're here. Maybe at this point, dude, they're serving, they're going to church, man, they've been freed from some things. They, you know, things are going, going way better, but okay. What got you there? Man, spending time with Jesus got you there. Being committed to the body got you there. Not money, not riches, not having this friend or that friend, not having that relationship, not working too much, whatever. Jesus and your devotion to him is what got you to where you are. Yeah, and I think really having some real and honest discussions with them about helping them realize that um, being the best person in your, in your class at school or having the most friends or getting this accomplishment in sports, like actually won't satisfy you and helping them understand that like the only thing that will satisfy you is Jesus. Yeah. I, we, um, you know, as, as we're discipling, uh, people and students, man, we need to be willing to have those conversations of like, Hey, I really don't think it's a, good idea and these are the reasons why like that I would think that these could be hurtful or harmful or or, or, or put you back a little bit and even all sharing, for them not for us yeah, even sharing parts of your story of like hey I sought out these things and either I, I attained them or didn't attain them and at the end of the day either way they didn't satisfy me yeah and I think it, it says making it unfruitful Um, we have to remember that we want our disciples to bear fruit. Okay. So everything that we point them to is so that they can bear fruit in the Lord for themselves, for other people, all of those things. And, um, so we have to protect that fruit. We have to protect that growth. We are stewards of our disciples. So if we see, that they're growing, well, man, we need to try our best to protect that the best that we can. Hey, that leads us pretty well into the last soil. Yes. It's good soil. Which is the good soil. Hey, protect it. Protect it, which says refers to someone who hears the word, understands it, like we talked about, 
It doesn't have thorns, doesn't have rock, whatever. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. We always talk about making disciples that make disciples. Yeah. Right? And I think this is the type of soil we need our disciples to be at. Um, for us, um, that means um, making sure that they understand. And I, through all of this, I have seen, okay, there's rocks, there's thorns, there's hard ground. As disciple makers, I believe it's our job to do to sometimes um, do and also help our disciples do the digging in their own hearts. Um, what does that look like? Man, I think it looks like conversations. It looks like prayer. It looks like speaking and sharing some things over their life. We have to be willing to dig with them in their hearts to get to that good soil and to remove the the thorns to remove the rocks to 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 break through the the hard path um we have to be willing to dig and i think many times we want to disciple somebody as long as it doesn't require any digging yeah yeah so i don't know if you have no that was great i'm i'm just gonna like say hey rewind the podcast um a minute and a half listen to that again (laughs) That, that was pretty baller you just used the word baller. I, I haven't heard I'm that in so long. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Okay, well, here's the last thing I'm going to hit you with. You know, I think it's helpful to blast out resources. So if you are interested at all, or maybe you're having difficulty reading the Bible on your own, if you're interested at all in having the Bible read to you. Or you and your disciple. Or you and your disciple. Or pass it on to your, to disciple, your disciple. If they're having a hard time reading the Bible, you got to check out this app. It's called Dwell. D-W-E-L-L. Dwell. Dwell. Dwell Audio Bible. You know, check it out. They have like multiple different voices in different translations. You can throw in some different background they have music. Australian? I think they might. I don't know. <laughs> Give it a try. You can I listen. want Brian Houston to read the Bible to me or yeah, TD Jakes. There you go. Anyway, go ahead. I'm cutting you off. Um, yeah, so just check it out. Hey, go to your app store, iPhone, Android. It's called Dwell Audio Bible. Bunch of different, Do it. Bunch of different people reading it to you. And I think it's helpful to um, get scripture invested yes. in us and help your disciple get it into them. Yes. So give it a try. Any other last thoughts, Nathan? No, All right, so it. as we walk through this, man, let's help our disciples become have good soil in their hearts. We have to dig. Sometimes we have to be the anchor. Sometimes we have to remove the rock. All of those things, praying over them. Man, that is what be, uh, being a disciple maker is all about. Let's try to get our disciples to have hearts that are yielding fruit in other people so that they are disciples that make disciples. We're so, so blessed that you have been with us on this journey that you've been watching. Um, If you missed the last couple ones, man, go back and watch them. And thank you so much for watching this one. Go ahead, remember to hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, follow us um, on Instagram at DiscipleMeNow, and uh, we will see you next Sunday at 1 p.m. Thanks, guys.